Welcome to another edition of Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message. Amen. How many of you know what else we are remembering today? Anybody? I know a couple of you do. Anybody? Amen. What is it, Pastor Ken? Amen. The reason you're wearing red. Amen. Amen. I've asked Dad to just come up and say a few words. We are remembering Pentecost Sunday. So, Dad, would you just come up and share? I will. Pentecost Sunday is a remembrance of when the church was actually birthed, when the Holy Spirit came and filled the believers. It says, well, in Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Jesus had appeared earlier, and he told them to gather together. It's exactly 50 days after the resurrection. But for nine days, they prayed. Sometimes we can't pray nine minutes. Nine days they prayed, and on the tenth day, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The miracles just began and came on. You know, until that time, only prophets, priests, and kings would hear the Holy Spirit. Now, each one of us have been empowered to walk with the Holy Spirit, an indwelling presence that He can be with us. Now, what's really interesting about this is about the fourth chapter A lot of those people got filled again. It speaks about more than one filling. So you want a new filling? How about just stand up with me right now? We just ask for a refreshing feeling right now. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands up to heaven with me. Just begin to worship him. Father God, we worship you and praise you. We magnify your name. We thank you, Father God, that as we celebrate the day, the birth of the church, the day that the Holy Spirit came and filled believers, Lord, we just say thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, woo. Mm. Lord, we ask you for a fresh infilling, a fresh manifestation of your presence and of your, of your love, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to thank the Lord for filling you fresh and anew with the presence of His, with His presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With your hands still lifted up, say this with me. I am blessed. I am filled. I am forgiven. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 A lot going on this weekend. You know, I can I can only imagine what it must have been like up in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell. Man, what a celebration. What an amazing feeling. Pastor Gary talked about hearing the sound of that rain and just it, it was just making such a thunderous sound coming through. But it talks about the Holy Spirit coming through as a mighty rushing wind and what that must have sounded like. Tammy and I were at the house yesterday, and you could hear the wind kind of whipping a little bit. I got a feeling it was a lot stronger than what I heard at my house yesterday. Amen. But I I also believe that I'm not alone in feeling like I'm kind of going through a a dry period. Anybody with me? Anybody kind of going through a 
desert land or wilderness, you know, you're like, I want to celebrate, I want to get excited, but I don't know, it's just not there. I just don't, I don't feel the Yahoo. See, y'all, I know some of y'all are going through that, but y'all are even at the point of going, I don't even want to raise my hand. I agree, but I don't even want to raise my hand. I mean, that's what I'm talking about, right? We're talking about being in this dry desert wasteland. And so today I want to talk to you about why, God, why? You ever say that? God, why? Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? What's going on, Lord? And I want to talk to you to start with from the perspective of Southside Christian Fellowship, but I want to promise you that, that you can, you can identify different areas in your life that follow a similar pattern. So what I want to lay out is some of the amazing things real quick that have happened here at Southside Christian Fellowship just this year alone. Just this year alone. I mean, we had an incredible time of prayer and fasting in the month of January. And we followed that up with three unbelievable, amazing, passionate pursuit meetings. In fact, I've had multiple people tell me, you don't know how close we were to revival then. You don't know how close we were to revival. It was just so amazing with the Lord. The Holy Spirit showed up and He showed out. We, we've seen several salvations already this year. We've had baptisms of water. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've had a baptism of fire, which is uh, similar to what Dad was talking about. It said be your first experience, right? It's not just a refreshing, but it's like that first encounter that the disciples had in the upper room with the Holy Spirit. You know, we've we've uh, ministered in our community. You know, we had an international food festival. That wasn't just to feed people. That was to minister to people. And we ministered to lots of people, saw salvations at the food festival. We've blessed the sheriff's office and the jail. We've gone to DFACs and prayed for and blessed the workers there. We've supported them in different functions. We've given food out to them. And we've also um, helped to put people up in, in hotels from time to time. We've blessed our neighbor at Sherwin-Williams. And uh, we, we've helped with giving out tents and food and sleeping bags. We've done some amazing things already. To, we have been the church. I'm sure if you look back over your uh, last several months, you've been the church as well. You've either participated in the things here at this church, or you have done that in your own life to some extent or another, or you've done both. You've given out, you've given, you've given, you've given. We had a phenomenal Resurrection Sunday. It was so awesome. We had two great services, a fellowship in between. We saw some people get saved and rededicate their lives. That's a success. But it feels like since that Easter Sunday, since Resurrection Sunday, just kind of been spinning our tires. Is that just me or you guys feel the same? I, I know some of you feel the same because I've had conversations with you. I know you feel the same. We're, we're trying. We're, we're, we're doing the stuff. But we're just not getting those good feelings that we want, right? We're just not getting that encouragement. We're not getting that uh, drive that we can just push through. It's a period where we're just getting frustrated because we just don't know why God is not answering. And that's what I want to talk to you about here today. It's not because we don't care. We didn't stop caring as a church. You didn't stop caring as a Christian. That's not why you're going through this dry patch. That's not why you're going through this wilderness time. Job felt that very same thing. We read in the 23rd chapter, the 8th and 9th verse, it says, Look, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. I don't know about you, but it can feel like that. Man, I'm praying, but I just don't hear you, Lord. 
I'm seeking you, but I just don't feel like I'm finding you, God. Job was going through a wilderness time. He was going through a desert, a dry wasteland. Our perception of what this time period is, is important. It's vital. It's important that we know what we're experiencing and what we're feeling. So I've worked hard to try to help us amend this saying, don't go by your feelings. I want us to amend that. I do want you to go by your feelings from this respect. Just because you're going through a dry patch, don't give in. Let it help you push in to the Lord. Right? When you're getting that excitement and that love and that joy as you're ministering and worshiping, enjoy that. Don't try to put that off. Enjoy those periods when you're on the mountaintop. But don't get so down and frustrated in the low times, in the valleys, that you start questioning your faith and your Christianity. Let those feelings guide you so that you understand, okay, Lord, you must be doing something inside of me. Because that's really what this dry time is for. That's really what this wilderness time is for. You know, it looks like you're going in the opposite direction of your dreams and the promises you once confidently, confidently knew God made to you. You feel like there's no spiritual growth. You might even feel like you're taking a step backwards. God seems distant. You may even feel unloved and ignored, but you're not. Those are some themes that I think have shown up in this service already. When you start to feel unloved, you need to take that thought captive and cast it out. That's a lie of the enemy. That's a lie of the enemy. For passionate pursuers of God, are you a passionate pursuer of God? If you're a passionate pursuer of God, then the wilderness should be a normal destination. Not unexpected. Because it's used by the Lord to grow us. He uses this time to grow us. Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, the first verse says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Some of you a little older than me might know that from the song, right? I'm not going to sing it for you. But that came from Ecclesiastes. A season is a certain period or a term for the students. You're so excited because that second term is over. It's summertime, party time, right? Happy time. For some of you, you've graduated. No more high school, middle school, or elementary school. Amen? That term, that season is done. That word season comes from the Hebrew word zaman. And in Hebrew, it means a set time, an appointed time. See, we have the misunderstanding that if we're going through a dry patch, if it feels like God's not answering us that either, A, we did something wrong, or we just don't know what we're talking about, instead of looking at it as, this is a set time. It is an appointed time. And then you say, well, God, why would you appoint this time of what feels like misery in my life? Why would you set this time? See, we think that we ought to be joyful in every situation, and we should... But that's where we have to take those feelings captive. James tells us to count it all joy when we suffer. Those two terms don't seem to go together, joy and suffering. But that's what James said. 
Count it all joy when you suffer. Paul tells us that God will give us the peace that passes all understanding. That's when everything in your life just seems to be flipped upside down, going crazy, and yet you're at peace. That doesn't make sense to the world. They don't understand that. Because that peace comes from God. But don't make the mistake of thinking that this is not an appointed time for you in your life. How many of you remember growing pains? Not the TV show, but actual literal pains from growing. Like your body growing. I do. I do. It was painful. A lot of times I would just go to sleep. Just grow during the sleep period. But I'm grateful that I grew. For those of you that are shorter than me, I mean, I'm sorry. I know that you wanted to be taller, but at least you're the height you are. Right? But but you had to go through something. Your body had to physically grow. Well, guess what? Your spirit man is identical to that. Your spirit man has to grow. Your spirit man has to grow. That's what these wilderness periods are for. I mean, again, there's an appointed time. Even Jesus talked about an appointed time. John chapter 7 verse 6 talks about his brothers are trying to get him to show others what he can do. That would be a good thing. Jesus can do some pretty amazing things. Let's show him off. What did Jesus say in verse 6? He said, then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. But Jesus said, my time has not yet come. You back up to chapter 2 in that same book of John. This is where his mama's telling him to turn water into wine. And he looks at her and he says, Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Again, what he's getting at is there is coming a time. But there was a preparation season happening. There was a timing to everything. I get that Dale's eyes didn't get open today, but there's a timing behind it. In John, the ninth chapter, it talks about how Jesus went to heal a blind man. And the disciples ask him, whose sin is it that caused his blindness? Is it his or his parents? And Jesus says it's neither. It was for such a time so that God would get the glory. You know, we want to believe that if we just have enough faith, God will do it exactly right then. And he may, if that's his timing. It needs to be his timing. It's an appointed time. I like how the preacher's uh, homiletical says it. He says, man forms designs for his own happiness, gives free scope to his powers, and traces out the course of his life. Before I finish this, how many of you have mapped out your life? How many of you know what the next steps are? My question is, did you consult God before you mapped it out? I've got lots of great training that is not applicable in my current position. I learned how to grow things, right? I know how to market. We can go and recruit people and do this and do that, and God stops me at every turn. So that's not the right heart for what I'm doing. I have to trust the Lord to grow as he sees fit. I have to trust the Lord to provide the finances as he sees fit. i got to trust the Lord. Man, that goes against every bit of my training. I'm supposed to map out my next week, my next month, my five-year plan, my 10-year plan, my retirement plan. i got to map it all out. And if I don't, I've made an error in judgment. Well, guess what? I don't think there's anything wrong with mapping any of that out. But you got to have two things. One, you got to involve the Lord from the start and say, Lord, what's your plan for my life? And when he doesn't answer a certain section, don't just make it up. 
Wait patiently. Wait patiently. If you're already on the path where you've already laid out the plans for your life, all you got to do is go back and consult the Lord. Lord, this is what I see I'm supposed to do. Lord, what do you say? Doesn't mean you got to stop and turn around from where you're at. Maybe that's exactly what the Lord wants you to do. I know God had a lot of grace in my life and still does. I've said many times, I, I, I definitely married better than anybody else in here. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I ought to look. I just trusted my parents and the training from the Lord. And the, the, the longer I married to Tammy, the more I realized how blessed I was. So I did say, Lord, send me the wife you want me to have. But then I just kind of mapped out I knew marriage was the next step in my life. I didn't know who I was going to marry. And I had a, a couple of girlfriends, and I thought maybe this was the one, and they weren't the one. And praise God, because they're good people, but they weren't who God had for me. So you may have plans written down. And I'm taking a little bit of a tangent here, but I want you to know that all you have to do is submit those to the Lord and ask Him, Lord, is this what you have for me? You may find out that what you mapped out is exactly what the Lord wants for you. But take that step to, to put Him first and to ask Him what that plan is. It goes on to say, uh, it talks about us uh, tracing out the course of our life, and then it says, yet there is over him a higher system of things. Whether you admit it or not, whether this world admits it or not, there is a higher system of things. We are, after all, made to fulfill the design of heaven. That's why you were made. Not to fulfill the design of man, but to fulfill the design of heaven. And sometimes we got to go through this process where we're questioning God and asking why. Because we're designed for heaven. One of the other issues we have with these dry times is there's a lot of waiting going on. There's a lot of waiting. If I talk to some of you young people here, when you have one device out, do you have other devices out too? Do you watch television in the background, also have your iPhone or your iPad, and you got something going on with the computer or the Sony or the PlayStation or Xbox? Am I speaking truth? Do you? Any any adults have that going on? Y'all got that going on? You got that going on? Amen. Amen. We do, don't we? My mama would constantly be reading a book and watching a TV show, and for the life of me, I still don't know how she can do both of those. And I'd question her. But I had to stop because she'd ruin the TV show because she could tell me the plot of it before it was finished. So somehow she's able to keep up with both. I don't know. But when you close those books and you turn off those electronic devices and you just sit there, let's just sit here quietly for just 10 seconds. Anybody else getting antsy? If I hadn't have told you and I just stopped talking, would you have gotten antsy? I, I do. I do. Silence for, for a lot of us, self-included, is uncomfortable. And, and when we go through these dry periods, it feels like there's just nothing but silence. We don't hear the Lord. I like what Charles Stanley said about this waiting period. He said, most people don't like to wait. One reason may be that delays reveal we are not in control. Maybe like the way John Bevere talks about it. He's speaking about the book of Isaiah. He says, His words reveal that the arid soil of the desert wastelands is actually the catalyst 
of our remaking. The catalyst. You know what the catalyst is? A catalyst is an agent that provokes or speeds significant change or action. It's what's needed to make that action happen. And during these dry times, God will use them to spark something inside of us. If we will allow him to. If we will allow him to. John Bevere goes on to say, the removal of all that was brings a revelation of what will be. Let me say that part again. The removal of all that was brings a revelation of what will be. That is so important. One of the reasons we need a wilderness time to be in this dry wasteland is there's things inside of us that need to get out. There's things we've taken on, not just because we have been doing, reading, or, or, or making bad decisions, but when we minister to other people, you can take on what they've been dealing with. And if you're not careful, it can overtake you. So you're ministering to somebody that's dealing with depression. And, and you know, a few days later, all of a sudden, you're going through the same symptoms even if you don't realize it. Why? Because you ministered, but you got to have a time where God can cleanse you of that. You gotta have a time where God can get that away from you. You don't jump in the mud and not get muddy, do you? There was a gentleman at the PGA Championship last week. His ball was down in this marshy area, only he didn't know how deep it went. And he put one foot in, the next thing you know, he was up to his waist. But he got out of there and he was covered with whatever that marsh was made out of. Mud and junk and, but he was prepared. He was prepared, and that goes hand in hand with what I'm telling you. you. You can't get down and dirty with the world and not expect to get that mud on you, but he came with a change of clothes, and he changed those clothes. Well, that's part of that wilderness. That's part of that desert wasteland. That's God helping to change your clothes. That's helping uh, uh, spark something inside of you because guess what? There's something else coming down the road. There's a time of preparation. You don't go to high school math before you understand middle school math. Actually, that's what I wish would happen. Unfortunately, a lot of people do get to high school math before they understand middle school math. And it shows. And you can apply that to anything in your life. You, you can't understand level two if you don't understand level one. So we go through these dry periods and we're saying, why God, why? And he's saying, because you can't do level two because you got to master level one. But I'm going to help you master level one during this time. Maybe you're on level five. Guess what? He's going to help you master level five. So you can go to level six. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Do you know when you get to stop leveling up? When you die and go see Jesus. When you die and go see Jesus. Until then, you're going to level up. My grandfather would tell you, even at 92, God was still pouring out to him and showing him things. And he continued to level up. He continued to level up. See, we need to understand what we're going through. We need to understand the purpose of the season. If we will understand the purpose, then we cannot just make it through, but we can actually go through the experience with joy. Just like James told us. Count it all joy when you're suffering. See, I've told a few people this, maybe you've heard this, but I knew that we weren't going to be in revival from the first Passion of Pursuit meetings. Now, I can confidently say that now, right? I heard the Lord, was pretty sure I heard the Lord, even shared with Pastor Matt 
what I heard from the Lord, I said, I believe this is a stepping stone. I believe this is training ground for us. And we got to night three, I was exhausted. And I said, Lord, people want revival, I can't even make it three nights. I am exhausted. I think I take the next, t- took the next two days off. Now, that's not entirely true, but it, I, was, I was wiped out. That's just in my physical body. Lord, how can, I, how can I lead a revival if I can't even physically make it three days? And the Lord reminded me, the stepping stones. The stepping stones. So, Pastor Matt and I were so excited. We loved the Passion and Pursuit meetings at the end of January. Phenomenal. So we set some more up in March. And guess what? We had a good time, but it wasn't as good. You want to know why? Because Pastor Matt and I set that up. See, he asked me, when do you think we're going to do that again? And in my excitement and my joy, I knew I hadn't heard the Lord say it's time to do it again, but I said, I mean, let's do it again now. I think God honored that. We had a good time, and the Lord moved. But it was not at the same level that the first Pastor Pursuit meetings were at, and then we're in Bible study. And somebody reminded me that one of the things we had done before the meetings in January was we had been on a fast. We had been fasting and praying and seeking the Lord. In fact, there was no preaching that went on for uh, three Sundays. So by the time we got to the Passionate Pursuit meetings, we were hungry. See, when we're in that dry land, that desert wasteland, what begins to build is that hunger. So that when God does drop on you, whatever the next step is, it's not just, I don't know, Lord, you are so hungry Man, you are running to whatever it is. You're so excited that you hear him clearly, that he's moving. That's part of that process that he's got to take us through. Building blocks. That's what the first passionate pursuit meetings were about. I told you Richard Stearns said good outcomes do not lead to excellence. Excellent leads to good outcomes. If we don't have the structure in place, then how can we expect to handle what God's going to pour out? I realize this is my third year as pastor, and Pastor Eddie hasn't left, and he's still there to help bolster us, but God is still working on us, and he is still establishing some foundational things as we go to the next steps, to the next level. We've implemented things here. Pastor Gary came on board as our missions pastor. If you didn't know that, he is our missions pastor. He helps us focus on that part. He's not just doing that. He does so much in the church, but but that's an area that we are trying to secure and bring more structure to. This was the second year we've done the International Food Festival. I think Pastor Gary would agree last year was good, but this year was better. Why? We got some more structure to it. We, we, we heard and understood better what God was asking us to do. And next year is going to be even better. And the year after that is going to be even better. Listen, we got dreams of not being able to meet in this place for that International Food Festival. We're going to have to rent somewhere in Henry County, just to be able to accommodate all the people and the churches that God's sending. Now, that's part of that dream. It's not here yet. But we've got to have that foundation in place. Well, the same is true for your life. So you're praying for the next promotion. You're praying for the next house. You're praying for this and that. But you're also saying, Lord, I'm submitted to you. So if you're submitted to the Lord, the Lord's going to say, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. i gotta, I got to prepare you. I'm going to take you through some stuff. What's the saying? You can't have a testimony without what? Without a test. You gotta be tested. I don't want to be remiss here. Sometimes the reason we're going through a dry period is because of sin in our lives. And we should always start out with, Lord, if there's something in my life that, 
that's not of you. If there's sin in my life, Lord, reveal it to me that I might repent and get made whole. That, that should always be step one. But I would, I would bet you that those of you that are passionate pursuers of God, and as I look around this room, I can't find anybody that's not passionately pursuing the Lord. But it says becoming passionate pursuers. We're still learning, right? When the Lord reveals sin in your life, do you sit on that? If you're like me, you can't. It makes you miserable. It don't take six months for me to repent of that sin because I can't sleep at night. I can't function. I can't think. So as a Christian, typically that's not why you're going through that wasteland. That's not why you're going through that dry period. You should always ask. But more times than not, God is taking you through a process. Let me just give you one perfect example of what I'm talking about. You all remember Jesus? Remember Jesus went to John and John baptized him. And what happened immediately following that baptism? It says the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness. Why? Because there was some preparation that needed to happen. Jesus didn't call the disciples until after this period. God was speaking to him. He was spending time with the Father. Yes, there was a test involved there. And we read that part where Satan tempted him at the end of the 40 days. And he came back with Scripture. There's a test in there, but it wasn't just so he could overcome the devil. God was preparing him for the next steps, for the next level. If he would do that to Jesus, you don't think he would do that to us? Do you think he was punishing Jesus? Do you think he was reprimanding Jesus? Had Jesus sinned? If he had, his sacrifice was for nothing. And we all know that that's not true. He didn't sin. So again, if Jesus is our example, there are going to be those times where God calls us into a wilderness or just flat out puts us into a wilderness. It starts with us submitting our lives to him. And I'm telling you, if you do that, he may have been telling you, I'm going to take you through this trial period, but if you submit to him, he's going to take you through it whether you realize it or not. I believe we've been in this for at least the last month, and it's taken me up until the last week or so to realize what's going on. Not because God waited that long to tell me. I just didn't understand. I didn't understand, and finally it clicked. That's what we're going through. That's what I'm going through. And then I began to talk to people and realize, oh, my gosh, they're going through the same thing. And then more people and more people and more people in the church are going through the same thing. You see, there's a growing process. Where am I at on time here? I don't want to. Let me make these next couple of points, and then I'll carry it over to next week. But Hebrews 5 tells us in the 12th verse, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, parents, we have raised our kids. They were babies, then they were teenagers, and now they're adults. For the rest of you that don't have kids, you were a baby, then a teenager, and then an adult. And the things that you know as a teenager are way more than the things you knew as a baby. 
And one of the main jobs we have as parents is to grow you up to a point where you can fend for yourself, where you can take care of yourself. We're always going to love you. We're always going to be there to walk with you. But our job is to get you ready to go out into this world. It says, if you train up a child, the Bible says, in the ways they should go, when they grow old, they will not depart. Another way to say that is train up the children in the ways they should go. Why? Because they will then have those resources to apply in whatever situation they come up against in life. Songbirds. Anybody know what a songbird is? Anybody ever seen a songbird? These are songbirds. They sing songs. Thus named songbirds. Let me read you something real quick about songbirds. In the nest, young birds have it easy. Free food delivered straight to their open mouths, fueling their growth. For those of you that are parents, yes, I'm still talking about birds because it feels like that's what we're doing with our own human children, isn't it? Yeah. But the bigger and louder they get, still talking about the birds, not not the human children, but it, it correlates, doesn't it, already, I mean. And the more time that passes, the greater the risk that a predator will discover the nest. Do we not have a predator that is trying to attack us and our children? To avoid losing their entire brood, songbird parents try to hustle their adolescents along, eventually forcing them from the nest. That's right, it's coming. It's coming. Some species will even go so far as to stop feeding their chicks in the nest, instead using food to lure them out, sometimes even before they can fly. You think if God put that instinct in birds... He didn't also do that in humans? I mean, come on. You're not meant to act like a baby your whole life. You're meant to grow up. Which means that you're going to go through something. Anybody that's a teenager right now, have you gotten it right every time? Or have you made some mistakes along the way? Any adult in here gotten it right all the time? Or have you made some mistakes along the way? That's right. It's a growing process. The wilderness does not have to be a negative experience. Let me say that again. The wilderness does not have to be a negative experience. The purpose is to train, purify, strengthen, and prepare us for what's to come. Let me leave you with these last couple of thoughts here, and I'll close it out today. Unfortunately, what happens to some of us when we go through these dry lands, we panic. And we start looking for an escape hatch. And I want to warn you, if you look for an escape patch, you're only going to prolong the wilderness experience. God pulled the children of Israel out of Egypt to put them in the promised land, but they started looking for an escape patch. Started looking for an escape patch. Cried out to God for hundreds of years. And when God delivered them, one of the first things they said and complained about was, I think it was better back with our slave masters. What? Are you kidding me? They were going through a desert, a dry place. That wasn't just physical. That was spiritual development as well. Unfortunately, they kept looking for the escape patch, and it prolonged that first group so long they never did go to the promised land. So I want to caution you. What you're experiencing 
is a growth period from the Lord. Don't look for the escape patch because you could prolong that growth so long that you never get where God wants you to go. The coolest part is if you will allow God to do in you what he wants to, not only will you reach that next level, but you will appreciate it so much. You will be so grateful. You'll be thinking, why did I ever complain? I watched my mother year after year after year teach English to students that didn't want to be taught English and made it known and fought her tooth and nail. And once those kids got a little older, they were some of the first ones that came running back to say, thank you for the way you taught me because it did prepare me for high school. When my friends are struggling because they didn't get the same preparation, I'm now excelling because of what you did for me. They didn't understand the process, but my mother did. Why? Because she was the master teacher for them at that time. See, Jesus is our master teacher. If we will trust him in our growth process, then we will look back and say, thank you, Lord, because I was prepared for what you had in store for me. Here's the, the, the coolest part, and I'll, I'll end with this. Look, look at Job. Let me flip to Job, the 23rd chapter. Look at what Job says just in the 10th verse. We started out talking about how he was like, man, I just don't know where God is. Can't find him, don't hear him. Right after that ninth verse, this is what the book of Job says. It says, but he knows the way that I take. See, he expressed that frustration. And then he went on to say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I'm feeling. It doesn't matter that I don't hear him clearly. It doesn't matter that I'm going through something. I know that Jesus is leading me the way that I need to go. Job said, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Let me say that one more time. When he has tested me, not before he tested me, but when he tested me, I shall, not I might, not I hope, he said, I shall. He said it with confidence. He said it with understanding. He said, I'm going to come forth as gold. Now, I don't want to get into the whole process of gold. I know you guys know a lot of the story uh, of how gold uh, um, is purified and and what, what was uh, alluded to here in Job chapter 23. But I think we can all understand that in even our system here, gold is at the highest, isn't it? Like, like, like people want gold. So that imagery is Job saying it's going to be priceless. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be magnificent. But he had to let God finish testing him. You've got to let God finish growing you. Amen. Stand to your feet. We've had such an awesome service already. I encourage you to go back and think about what all God has done and how he orchestrates these services because he's told you a lot today. He's told you that you're special, that you're loved. He's told you that he's not ignoring you. He's told you that you may, you may just be going through a dry wasteland, but that it's not accidental and that it doesn't have to be a negative experience. So I want you to think about a few things here as we close. Does this describe what you're going through? It looks like you're going in the opposite direction of your dreams and the promises you once confidently knew God made to you. You feel like there's no spiritual growth. You might even feel like you're taking a step backwards. God seems distant. You may even feel unloved and ignored. If that's the feelings you've been having, you're not. You're not ignored. You are loved. You're going through a wilderness time. You're going through that season that was appointed for you.
for your benefit. It shouldn't be a surprise that as passionate pursuers, we find our place in the wilderness quite often because we're always growing in the things of God. But the wilderness doesn't have to be a negative experience. Remember, the purpose is to train you, to purify you, to strengthen you, and to prepare you for what's to come. And as James said, count it all joy. That's an action. You know that, right? You have to actually do something. You have to count it all joy. The Bible also tells us to choose to rejoice, to choose to be joyful. Hold fast to God's way and do not turn aside. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.